From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Ryan Wyant, CEO of the LGBTQ Plus Real Estate Alliance, talks to FNC reporter J.D. Duggan. Wyant talks about the current socio-political climate for LGBTQ plus people, the housing issues most relevant to that community, and about broader housing challenges. Happy Pride Month. Uh, today, I'm happy to be joined by Ryan Wyant, who is the CEO of the LGBTQ Plus Real Estate Alliance, which is based in St. Paul. Um, hey, Ryan, thanks for joining. My pleasure to be here, JD. Thank you for asking. Yeah, awesome. Um, so first, how did you get into this role and what does your work look like? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I feel like folks, my peers that I talk to in, in the nonprofit sector, everyone just kind of happens to stumble into it. I, you know, We all want to be astronauts or firefighters when we grow up. I don't think anyone says, well, hey, I want to lead a nonprofit. It's kind of the same thing for me. I actually come out of 10 years um, of mortgage banking. So I was with Wells Fargo for six and US Bank for four years, worked very, very heavily with diverse segments and diversity, equity, and inclusion while I was in the mortgage industry. Um, And I got involved with an organization about six, seven years ago that did very comparable things to what my organization does, or I should say our organization does uh, in this space. Unfortunately, it went through um, a myriad of, of, I would say, crises over the, the past five years or so. Some things came to light. That organization actually dissolved. Uh, the IRS repealed its nonprofit status. About 56 of us who led chapters and councils for that organization, all volunteers, got together, um, decided that the movement, the focus on the LGBTQ segment in real estate was too important to let it just slip aside. Uh, and out of the ashes rose this phoenix. So it was a collaboration of a lot of folks for quite a few months to get us to the point where we felt like we had everything we needed to incorporate. We are a nonprofit membership-driven organization with a federal 501c6 status, just like your Chambers of Commerce. Um, and, and we're pushing the way for, for fair housing for the LGBTQ community uh, in both the United States and Canada, actually. Can you tell me a bit about what your organization does and what do you think is the importance of an LGBTQ uh, real estate alliance? Great question. Actually, I would say super appropriate for the time and, and uh, socio-political climate that we live in right now. Our mission at the Alliance is uh, to advocate, elevate, and celebrate. And let me just read it. To advocate for fair housing for all and promote LGBTQ plus homeownership, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, to elevate professionalism in the industry through education and networking, and to celebrate diversity and inclusion in our members and allied partners. So the advocacy portion of what we do is, I would say, paramount to the foundation of who we are. And I say that because in 29 states today, not Minnesota, 
But in 29 states, it's still legal to discriminate against LGBTQ folks in many, many aspects of life, including every facet of the real estate process. So that's buying, selling, renting, seeking shelter, and financing. Um, there is no federal law today in America that protects LGBTQ folks as a, as a federally recognized protected class. Now, Minnesota has civil rights statutes and laws in place that do protect uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, so we, along with some of the more progressive states out there, do have protections in place. But the reality is, is that the majority of the country does not. So we fight very hard to make sure that we are focusing on allowing everyone in our community the opportunity to pursue home ownership. Because in my opinion, home ownership really is the American dream. And everyone should be entitled to at least have the opportunity to pursue that if they want. So the home ownership rate in the LGBTQ community today is 49%. You look at the standard, the average home ownership rate in America at 65%. The straight Caucasian home ownership rate in America is 74%. So we have a lot of work to do and we have a long way to go. And it's through equality and equity that we're going to raise that home ownership rate. So we're, we're pivotally focused on that. Our philanthropic work is very close to our hearts. We are not a C3, a charity. We are a membership nonprofit. So we don't do charitable work, but we do give a significant amount of our funding to organizations that just simply do the job better than we do in the areas that we're concerned about. So that's youth homelessness. We are we have a focus on um, LGBTQ seniors and aging LGBTQ populations going into transitional living and maybe community living situations. We team up with organizations around the country to make sure that that is an equitable experience for those folks who are not aging, what we call aging in place, meaning aging in their own homes. Um, and then we have a focus on, on the, um, the transgender and the non-binary communities and making sure that the intersectionality within the LGBTQ population is such that we are all very aware of the common differences that we share within our community itself. So we do a lot of philanthropic work our education platform is, is pivotal. We have a two-hour proprietary ally certification program that we actually deployed last year. And I call it, you know, it really is an LGBTQ 101 class for straight folks. It's a, a cultural competency course aimed at diving into everything from what are pronouns and why do you use them to vocabulary, like cisgender, what does it mean? Um, there's a lot of new terms and, and new concepts out there that generationally folks just aren't acclimated to yet. So this course really dives into helping folks understand our community a little bit better, which will enable them to be better service providers to folks who are trying to buy, sell real estate, rent real estate, get a home loan or any kind of financing, and ultimately, hopefully, contribute to a much stronger LGBTQ uh, population where home ownership and generational wealth is concerned. So we have a lot of focuses. It's all pivotally uh, focused on housing and, and real estate and how we can enhance that experience for our community. Is it hard work? Is it fun work? How would you characterize it? I got to tell you, I and, and I, I say this so intentionally, I feel blessed to be able to wake up every single day and do what I, I want to do. Essentially, this is what I want to be doing with my time. Uh, it doesn't feel like work some days. Some days it's a heck of a lot of work. Some days there, you know, you just sit and blankly stare at your computer screen for 15 minutes and, and wonder, am I doing the right thing? 
Uh, it's been a challenge lately, and I'll, I'll be very candid about that, only because everything has become so polarized and politicized in America that it, there are estimated, the human rights campaign estimates, there's about 300 pieces of legislation circulating state houses right now that are anti-LGBTQ. When you're fighting something with that kind of power, it gets discouraging. And, and we call it ER syndrome, where you're constantly fighting for the betterment and all you think is that it's an attack. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of great things going on for our community. And we've made a lot of progress over the last, I'd say, 15 years, more so in the last five years with, with marriage equality and, um, and the Bostock ruling out of the Supreme Court that made discrimination in the workplace illegal federally. Um, so there's a lot of good that's going on, too. And getting tunnel vision, uh, it's easy to do, but you have to keep perspective. And I would say... I, most of my colleagues in nonprofit probably feel comparable to the cause that they're working for as well. But it's it's an incredible opportunity to be able to impact something so much bigger than than myself. So I saw that the that uh, your organization is going to be involved in an upcoming fair related to disparities, uh, racial disparities in home ownership. Can you tell me what efforts you are seeing to reduce the home ownership gap and kind of what the alliance's place is within that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, JD, but obviously, since um, since a very public murder of George Floyd two years ago, um, and then the ensuing, uh, I would say, cultural reformation that the United States has tried to undergo, uh, the focus has turned to diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just socially, but also uh, in many aspects of business. And corporate America has focused on that. This fair is actually a, a celebration of, I would say, cultural diversity and racial diversity and diversity of thought, diversity of, of influence and economic stance. So um, it's aimed at, at really giving folks who are not already homeowners the information, the education, the knowledge to go out there and tackle the market. So it's aimed at first-time homebuyers. A portion of it's also aimed at industry professionals. Uh, there's some continuing education opportunities for folks that are looking to get more of their um, their education credits to renew their license satisfied. Um, but the alliance is invested in this along with our colleagues in the industry. Um, ARIA, which is the Asian Real Estate Association of America, um, NAREP, which is the Hispanic Association, and NAREB, which is the traditional Black African American Association. And we're all in this collaboratively. We think it's important because our community, um, we're about 50 years behind on, on the civil rights front compared to the other protected classes. So we do face the same issues that are very, very relevant in the Twin Cities. Uh, you know, and I hate to say it, but we were one of the first communities in America that, that paved the way in redlining. So we have a lot of work to do as far as, as getting our community back to a sustainable home ownership rate. Uh, and that really, it deserves a focus on affordability. It deserves a focus on acceptance in our communities and how our real estate professionals are assisting everyone equitably, treating all their clients the same, and really providing that education to homeowners, or I beg your pardon, consumers and folks in the industry to make sure they have the tools to go out and pursue home ownership and professionals have the tools and the information they need to make sure that they're providing a very equitable transaction experience to everyone, regardless of who they are and where they come from. Yeah, this may be a little redundant, but what are you seeing as kind of the big issues in housing right now around the Twin Cities or around the state? 
Yeah, well, it's it's a national crisis and it's it's inventory, right? The housing supply just isn't enough right now, and and I think you know from my perspective, that's actually um, that's incentivizing, or I should say, maybe motivating folks to try and enter into the process if they've been thinking about it for the last couple of years, but haven't taken the action of you know flagging their house for sale or or moving into the house that they have been thinking about moving into for a few years. It's really motivated people to to. I mean, make up their mind and, and get into the transaction process. Now, that's good and that's bad. I would say that the housing market is one of the, the few pillars of the economy that held up America during the pandemic. And we're not out of it yet. I understand that. Um, but I think that the, the housing market was pivotal to the economy and maintaining stability. So inventory is definitely a problem. And because inventory is a problem, just like anything else, affordability is a huge problem right now. We see folks going in with cash offers, fifty dollars to $70,000 over the list price, waiving their right to an inspection, waiving their right to an appraisal, which is cause for concern down the road. If they try and turn around and sell that home, they're not going to get what the value that they paid for. And they don't know what problems they're inheriting. But because of the lack of inventory, it's it's really skyrocketed prices, um, not you know specifically in the Twin Cities only, but all across America. Uh, I was in Missoula, Montana last week, and I was told the median home price is $475,000. That's higher than it is here in the Twin Cities. Um, so, you know, some of it's unsubstantiated, but it's supply and demand, and, and folks are reacting to it. I think it'll eventually calm down, but now that interest rates, uh, mortgage rates, I should say, are rising, um, it's creating, a, I would say, a perfect storm that is disproportionately impacting first-time homebuyers. It's harder for folks that are looking to buy a house for the first time and don't necessarily have the collateral to sell to come up with that 20% down, which, by the way, isn't needed to buy a home. You can get into a home with a loan for as low as 3% down today. Uh, but the market is so competitive that sellers simply aren't entertaining offers if they have cash offers or if the ask price is coming in so much over what the list price is. So there are some very real uh, economic driven issues that are impacting our community um, and I would say are probably going to have an impact on homeownership in the long run. The rental market's no better right now. I think the median rent price in Minneapolis is, is uh, $1,800 a month. That's significantly higher than it was five years ago, and that's cause for concern um, because that's not sustainable. That's not affordable to a lot of folks, especially coming out of a pandemic economy. So there are concerns in place, and there are a lot of people out there smarter than I am that are working on resolving these problems. We have a great team at, uh, at Minnesota Housing, including Commissioner Jennifer Ho, who are addressing these issues on a state and a local level. Uh, and I really have confidence that um, that they're going to get some things in place to, to hopefully loosen the market up here at have you seen any unique approaches to affordability or increasing housing stock? Yeah, you know, in, in a traditional market, I would tell you that that a first-time home buyer's best friend is some kind of down payment assistance grant. Communities, um, whether it's it's your local municipality or your county or even the state, there's so much free money out there for people to take advantage of to essentially go towards their down payment or closing costs that it puts folks that don't necessarily think that they're in a financial position to get into a home into that position. Now, that's hard right now because of the inventory shortage and, and the fact that offers are, are offers are so exclusive to cash buyers or coming in dramatically over the ask price. It's, it's challenging. Um, you know, I would say education is the other thing. 
There's a lot of great education seminars, including what we're doing on Saturday that I would encourage people to attend and really soak up uh, contextually the information that's being given because there's a, there's a lot of shortcuts to the process that if you are knowledgeable, it's much easier to navigate. So, you know, for anyone who's watching us or, or visiting us uh, during this segment, I would say if you're trying to get into a home for the first time, keep faith, keep hope. The market is going to loosen up and you eventually will, but there's a lot of great opportunities out there that you might not be uh, aware of that exist to get you into that house sooner. Awesome. Um, Ryan, I don't think I have any other questions. Is there anything you wanted to add that I didn't ask about? No, I'm grateful to be with you for the segment. A happy Pride. Uh, happy and, Pride. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get more, more folks in homes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciated talking to you. Thank you.